0: No one could accuse Jesus of being subtle when it comes to his style of preaching or when he is trying to engage his disciples or the crowd in a teaching moment. But sometimes you have to wait for it. When he asks his disciples who the people say that he is, It is, basically, a safe question. And so they respond with what they have heard among the people who have been following Jesus. The interpretation of their responses is that he is part of the prophetic tradition. He might even be one of the persons of that tradition, might be Elijah or Jeremiah, who have come back to life, both of whom were expected to reappear when it was time for the Messianic age to unfold. And if he wasn't one of them, and probably not John the Baptist, at the very least, he might be one of the prophets. These seem, of course, fairly safe answers, acceptable interpretations of what had been seen and heard among those who were in association with Jesus' ministry. But for Jesus, the responses were not deep enough. And the next question gets to the point. But you. Who do you say I am? This text comes sort of in the middle of Matthew's Gospel. So we might think that this is a critical moment in the relationship of Jesus and his disciples and in their understanding of who he is. Who do you say I am? suggesting that in every liturgy this is the question that is posed to us. Who is this one that feeds great multitudes with a few loaves and a few fish? Who is this one who walks on stormy seas and calms the anxieties of his friends? Who is this one who breaks down barriers that separate the outsiders from the insiders? Who is this one that promises the mercy of God to the least and the lost? Who indeed? Is this the same one who was present in our midst? For the disciples, through the voice of Peter, it was the Christ, the Son of God, a longer title for the Messiah. Peter's response, of course, was, a relevant religious and political statement. After all, Messianic expectation was a burning issue at that time. But what does it mean for the average Christian today, for, for you and me? We might well consider that Messianic expectations were a theological theme that belongs to the past. How, then, do we get excited about the coming of someone that we believe has, in fact, already come and gone? So, if Jesus were to pose that question to us today, and I'm saying that that he does, By virtue of the living word, we have proclaimed and through the very table ritual that we are now celebrating, how would we answer? What would we say? You are the Messiah, the one who will establish justice on the earth, and I will commit my service to that effort with my whole heart. Or, you are the Messiah, the one who will ensure that the vulnerable of society will not be exploited and I will stand with and for them until they are free. Or, you are the Messiah, the one who will usher in the reign of peace and I will pursue acts and purposes of peace with my whole body. And my whole spirit. Or you are the Messiah, the one who will refashion us into a holy people, and I will open myself to such a transformation with complete surrender. Peter, being Peter, may have said, more than he really understood or realized, even if he did get it right. I wonder, maybe we don't fully understand the depth and the extent of what we are doing and saying, when in a few moments we will say, And I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. Even so, that doesn't diminish our faith or lighten our trust. Rather, it reaffirms that we will not give up on the task of being a disciple or on efforts of compassion or the posture of hope or the energies of life's joys or the grace of a living God. All those things, I think, are the keys to the kingdom of heaven.